Hello, welcome to Now Tell Us. I'm your host, Anthony Morore. At Now Tell Us, we get to have uh, people come and tell us stories. They come and educate us. They come and inspire us. And it's always a great time that we are having here. Today is another great day where we are going to meet with someone who has a story to tell, and that's overcoming adversity. She's going to tell us what she's been through, and then I believe you're going to gain something from this episode. So stay tuned to the end. And without spending one more minute, I'm going to welcome to the show, Holly Francis. Welcome to the show, Holly. Welcome so much, or welcome, and thank you so much for having me, Anthony. I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on as a guest. Yes, and we appreciate you taking your time and being with us here. And uh, I believe it's going to be a great time because of what I expect to learn today. And Absolutely. also get some inspiration today. Now, to get us started, would like to know uh, who is Holly and where is she from? So my name is Holly Francis and um, I am from Edmonton, Canada. Mm -hmm. And I am a GBS survivor. I'm an author. I'm a mom. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, and you say GBS. And to some of us, that, that, that could be something new that we may never have heard of it. So what is GBS? So GBS is a rare autoimmune disorder. And you're right, most people have never heard of GBS. It stands for Guillain-Barre syndrome. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, it's a rare autoimmune disorder. It's quite uh, similar to multiple sclerosis. Um, and, but it's a little bit different in that it affects the peripheral nerves of the body. It is an autoimmune disorder. So basically what happens is something triggers an autoimmune response and the body basically um, attacks itself. And what it does is attacks the peripheral nerves in the body. And it usually comes on very suddenly and it causes um, paralysis and, and weakness and pain and all sorts of things. And so uh, GBS can range from very mild to more severe. Um, and I discovered that um, I had GBS when I was uh, shortly after giving, my, giving birth to my daughter. So I was 26. Uh, when it happened and it was very very sudden that it came on mm. and uh, what was the event of you discovering that you had it was it a diagnosis or did yeah so what so what happened is yeah i'll walk you through kind of my story and kind of what i've gone through with gbs so uh, this was back in 2011 so almost over 11 years ago now and uh, i was completely healthy i was 26 years old living life to the fullest I had just given birth to my daughter, so I was um, a brand new mom and uh, was very excited about being a mom. Uh, my, my pregnancy went so smoothly. My, my birth went very well. Um, I had a C-section with my daughter and uh, we were at home and we were recovering and we were doing well and my daughter was beautiful and she was just a, a healthy baby and life was great and I was really enjoying life and I was looking forward to my future. and just making plans for the future with my daughter. In Canada, we get a year off. So I had a whole entire year off to spend with her. And I was just in a really, really good place in my life. Um, and then everything just came crashing down very, very suddenly. So it was my daughter was just over three weeks old. And uh, we were at home. 
And all of a sudden I felt this weird tingle in my finger. And at first I thought it was um, like I burnt myself or something um, and just kind of brushed it off. And then as the hours went by, um, I kind of noticed more things. So I noticed like I was having this weird pain in the back of my neck and it was quite severe. And I was thinking like maybe I pulled a muscle or I wasn't sure what was kind of going on. And then, and then as the hours continued, I was kind of having trouble walking. My legs felt really heavy. I was tr having trouble getting up the stairs. And it was just kind of like, what is going on? Something just doesn't feel right. Uh, so at the time, I actually kind of started thinking that maybe it was a pinched nerve um, and just kind of brushed it off again. Uh, but everything just got worse. So the tingling in my hands, the weakness in my legs and the pain in my neck just got worse and worse. So uh, I would say less than less than eight hours after that, um, all those things kind of were worsening. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need to go see a doctor. So I drove myself to the doctor and the doctor, um, he actually misdiagnosed me and he said, you're right, it probably is a pinch nerve. Go home and you're, you'll be fine. So I went home, but it just got worse and worse. And then in the middle of the night, like I tried to go to sleep that night, the pain was so severe. I was taking pain medication, nothing was helping. My daughter was was in her bassinet and she, was, she started crying. And I woke up to go to her and when I woke up, I stood, or when I when I got up, I stood and I fell, I, I could no longer walk anymore. So that was when I knew that something was seriously wrong. So I had my husband at the time, he drove me to the hospital and I'm thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll be probably be out in a couple hours by the time I get in to see a doctor. So just drop me off, uh, not realizing that I was gonna go through such an ordeal. So. I go in to the doctor, um, I go into the hospital and immediately the doctor recognized what it was and said, you're, you're having weakness, you're having um, this pain in your neck and it, I, I think it might be Guillain-Barre syndrome. And uh, very fortunate that I was diagnosed very quickly because they were able to start treatment. Um, but unfortunately treatment really didn't help me at that time. Um, things just progressed and just got worse and worse. So within 12 hours of being at the hospital, I could no longer walk. I could no longer move my body, move my legs. Um, within 72 hours, uh, the paralysis spread up to basically my neck and mm -hmm. I could no breathe on my own anymore. So I was rushed to ICU and I was ventilated, um, put on a, a machine basically to help me breathe because I no longer could. And from there, it just I just went downhill and I really tried to to push through mentally, but it was so it's such a struggle. Uh, they they told me that I was going to get better. They told me that with GBS, uh, typically you hit your worst and you'll you'll stay at your worst for several weeks, but then you'll show signs of improvement and, and you'll you'll start to recover. Mm -hmm. uh, time I was in such severe pain, I felt like my life was over and I felt like I was I was actually dying, and it was so hard for me to push through. And uh, the paralysis just like made it impossible for me to do anything. I, could, I couldn't reach out to touch my daughter. I couldn't speak. I couldn't say I love you to her. And so it was a very dark period of time for me. Um, and I, I didn't show any signs of improvement for almost seven weeks. Mm -hmm. So for seven, six or seven weeks, I lay in ICU completely paralyzed. 
unable to move, unable to even um, move my head. Uh, I communicated by using a communication board that my family had brought in and they basically pointed to the letters and I would blink. And I was 26 and so I just was just so lost and I felt broken and I felt like there's no reason to fight. I just, I can't keep going on and, and I just, it was such a struggle, but my family and my doctors and my nurses, they were so supportive and, and they tried to, to really encourage me. And, and obviously my daughter was a huge inspiration. I really wanted to get back to her one day. So I, I pushed through as hard as I could. Um, and eventually um, I, I did start to show signs of improvement. My fingertips started to move, my hands started to move. And one of the doctors, he, he saw that I was really losing hope. And so he actually contacted another GBS survivor that had overcome GBS, just like me. He had actually been in the same hospital that I was in. Um, and so he came in and he came to visit me and just to see him standing beside my bed, fully recovered, knowing what he went through, it really like, it just really inspired me to keep fighting. He had children as well. And mm -hmm. I just want to fight and I wanted to get back to my baby. Um, and he brought me a sign and it's funny. It's actually on the wall behind me. You can see it, but, uh, it says courage does not always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice at day's end saying, I will try again tomorrow. And I remember really, really being inspired by that because at the time I felt I was going through something so challenging and people kept telling me that I was so strong and I, I could get through this and I could overcome this and I was going to make it out of this one day which was really hard for me to hear because at the moment I didn't feel strong. I felt like I wanted to give up. I was, I was struggling. I was crying and I was just so emotionally drained that I didn't feel strong. And so when he gave me that sign and it was, it was just a reminder that courage isn't always this strong voice. It's not always like, Oh, I, I can do this. Sometimes mm -hmm. It's in tears and sometimes you're just struggling. I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this and you're just fighting. And and if you can't do it, you can always just try again tomorrow. And so that's, that's the mantra that I kind of kept in the back of my mind. I stared at that sign day after day and you know what, on the hard days, it was like, I can't do it. And, and I would just break down and, but I would always say, you know what, I can try again tomorrow. And so that's what I did every day. It was a new day, trying again. And it was such a struggle. I went through the most pain I'd ever experienced in my life. It's uh, severe nausea um, and vomiting and and I was on so many medications. So I was so out of it. And then my daughter's there. They're putting her on my lap every day so that we could try to bond. And it was, it was amazing, but so difficult and so emotionally challenging for me to watch everyone else around me in my hospital raise mm. my daughter and to know that I had waited my entire life to be a mom. And then it was suddenly just felt like it was ripped away. So it was, it was definitely hard to push through mm -hmm. those days. Yeah. Um, I did. And I, every day I just continued to push forward and, and slowly over time, I started to get better. Mm. You can try to imagine at the point of that pain that you are going through in ICU. I mean, you're not having an idea of how it is to get, um, well, but then there's something that you shared, and this is the reason that we do what we do even here at Now Tell Us, uh, that you have someone standing by you who inspire you 
who gives you hope over tomorrow, like um, the survivor that brought you the sign that uh, gave you hope, those who are standing by you and helping you walk. This is why we are here as humanity to be there for one another, to inspire one another, to bring a light to someone who may be in the dark. So exactly. we thank the person that came to you and showed you, yes, it's possible. It happened to me and I'm out of it. So we, we are glad that there was someone like that in your life. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And like when I was going through that, um, I felt very alone because GBS is a rare disease. And so I felt like no one else in the world could possibly understand what I was going through. The mm -hmm. doctors were telling me, oh, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, you're not the one dealing with it, though. Um, so to meet someone else was was very inspiring. And that's what inspired me to get so involved. So um, as the weeks went by, I, I slowly got better and better. And like I could the paralysis started to fade and I could move my arms again and I could hold my daughter. Uh, and the next step was getting off the ventilator. So I would say that that was the hardest part of my journey was learning to breathe on my own. So mm -hmm. it was like running a marathon that I'd never trained for. I uh, would go off the ventilator for 15 seconds at a time. And it was, I felt like I was underwater and couldn't breathe. And I felt like I was going to drown at every second, but I pushed through, counted down the seconds. I, I did everything I could to make it through. And over time, I started to get a little bit stronger off the ventilator and it was torturous. I had to stare at that sign and go, I could try again tomorrow. I could try again tomorrow. And that's what I did. And eventually it was probably almost, it was almost three months that I was in ICU. Mm -hmm. And finally, I was strong enough to get off the ventilator and I got out of ICU. And that was a huge turning point in my recovery because I, I literally thought that breathing, learning to breathe on my own was going to be impossible. And every time I did it, I, I, was, I was convinced that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And so not only was my family and my friends and the doctors and, and that other GBS survivor an inspiration, I also found inspiration in myself realizing that you know what i just overcame something that i did not think that i was going to be able to do and so it gave me um it gave me this spark of like you know what i could do anything then and mm. so from that point i really started working on my recovery um myself and I, I became very determined to get back to my daughter to be able to hold her and to be the mother that i always wanted to be so from there i started physiotherapy I learned how to hold cutlery, how to feed myself, how to drink from a cup. It was a very slow process. Everything took forever. And at the time, it felt like, am I ever going to be able to do these things? I remember having to stack cups on top of each other. And my uh, my fine motor skills were so, so rough. And it was just, it was such a difficult task. And again, it was just like, am I ever going to be able to do these I can always try again tomorrow and that's what i did and eventually over time i got stronger and stronger i got a little bit faster at things i could hold my daughter i could feed her again i could feed myself um i moved to a rehab hospital where i learned to strengthen every muscle in my body i learned how to stand i uh, learned how to walk i would use the walker for several weeks um, until I could eventually walk with a cane. And then I walked with a cane for another several weeks um, and then eventually was able to walk on my own. And at that point I was able to go home. So I went home after it was 126 days in the hospital. My daughter was almost six months old. 
mm-hmm. by the time that I got home. So I lost out on a lot of her life and it was very heartbreaking for me at the time. Um, but now after now, like I've, I've fully recovered, I, I've continued to push myself. I've realized what I'm capable of. I got into exercise. My, my journey through rehab really made me fall in love with exercise. Mm-hmm. It made me see how capable um, our bodies are and, and the things that they can overcome. And I'm now stronger than I was before GBS. And when I look back on my journey, even though it was so horrible at the time, there's so many blessings that came out of it. Like the gratitude that I have for being the mother that I am and, and being able to be with my daughter. My daughter's now 11 years old. It's, it's mm-hmm. been 11 years. Yeah. Um, but it really has changed my life for the better. And it inspired me to want to reach out and find other people that have had GBS. So I started my YouTube channel and my Facebook and, and Instagram pages. And I just started sharing my story and talking about my story. And as I see somebody comment that they've never heard of GBS, most people have never heard of GBS. So I like to bring awareness to Guillain-Barre syndrome and just show people what it can do to somebody that's completely healthy and how it can devastate their lives. But I also want to show people that have gone through GBS that you can overcome it, even when you're in the thick of it and you think you can't, you can. And there's a whole community of people out there that have recovered from GBS. And so that's why I continue to share my story and bring awareness, um, connect with survivors all over the world. I wrote my book and I just continue to try to inspire anybody wherever I can, even if they're not a GBS survivor. For me to go through what I did, you think that you're never going to be able to get through it, but there is life after GBS and there is life after these, these horrible struggles that we go through. Mm. And we are very grateful that you are here and you're sharing your story with us here. And uh, Mishka says, God bless you, Holly. And um, all the others who are watching or those who get to listen to this, even after we are through with it, we really appreciate you. We appreciate your feedback. And thank you, Mishka. Thank you, each and every one of you who is listening or watching. Yes, and, uh, thank you so yes. much. And, and we thank Holly for taking her time to come here and inspire us. Now, when you talk of uh, you're giving back, you're looking back to those people who have uh, GBS, you want to inspire them and tell them there's a hope. Now, you, you mentioned a point in life or rather, during that uh, that ordeal that you are going through where you imagine that you are the only one in the world who is going through it and in my experiences i've met uh, even in my own personal experiences the experiences i go through and even though everyone around has gone through that experience to me at that point it seems like i'm the only one in the world that is having that experience so you sharing your story this one that you're sharing with us about GBS, it's not only going to touch people with GBS or those who are recovering from GBS. It's a story that is going to inspire as many people, and already has inspired through the stories that you shared before. It's going to inspire a big part of our population into overcoming their challenges. So again, we thank you. Now, uh, you, you told us about your greatest challenges in the recovery, and now you're here, you're, you walk, you do. What, what are the many other things that you do now? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Exercise that you've told us you became, uh, uh, you became engaged in exercise. 
What are the yeah. other things that you've been doing along? So when I was in ICU, uh, I remember laying there and just thinking like, wow, I'm, I'm never going to get out of this ICU bed. I'm never going to recover. I'm never going to be able to hold my daughter. I'm never going to be able to walk. I'm never going to be able to do anything that I might have wanted to do. I might never be able to go swimming with my daughter. I'll never be able to go walk on the beach, jump in the ocean, climb a mountain. And so when I was doing these trials off the ventilator, I remember making a promise to myself that if I ever did get out of ICU, that I would do more of those things. I would go after the goals that I wanted to achieve. I would do all these little things that I had thought that I had the whole world or that I had in my entire life to do. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm in ICU and I'm like, I might not be able to get to do these things. And so when I did recover, it was like, I had been given a piece of my life back. I had been given a second chance to do all these things. And so I immediately started traveling more because it's something I really wanted to do. Um, I, I love the beach. I love the ocean. So it was, I made a point of, okay, I'm, I'm doing annual trips here in Canada where I'm from. There's no oceans or beaches anywhere near me. So it was like, I need to make a point of traveling there because it's something that I'm, I'm in love with. Mm-hmm. And spending time with family and friends, even something simple as that, it was like, I need to make more of an effort to maintain my relationships because I care about these people and I want to spend more time with them. Um, um, riding a bike or riding a bike again. I mean, that seems so simple, but at the time it was, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. So doing that, getting into exercise, there's a lot of people out there that would love to exercise. I met so many GBS survivors and other survivors um, in the rehab hospital that I recovered at that would, that did never get out of the wheelchair and they aren't able to walk again. And Mm. so I I got into exercise because I knew like, you know what, if if they could, I knew they would want to. And so I wanted to use my body um, for, for its capabilities and what we are able to do. So I climbed mountains, I've gone zip lining. I've just, I've become much more adventurous and I like to try new things as scary as they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, Writing a book for me was a huge project that um, I don't think I would have undertaken if I hadn't gone through GBS just to show me that, you know what, you are capable of overcoming hard things. And uh, life is so short and it really can change in the blink of an eye. I mean, I went from being completely, completely healthy to paralyzed in the ICU within 72 hours. Mm. And so just, I just really encourage people to just, you know what, stop putting things off. You never know when your life can change. You never know when something can just be taken away from you, especially our health. I think we all take take advantage of our health and, and we don't realize just how lucky we are to have it until it's gone. And that's a life lesson that you've shared with our listeners and our viewers right there. And I was uh, anticipating to learn because if someone has been somewhere and come out of it, he comes out with lessons that he passes or she passes towards the other, I mean, to other people that they can draw uh, some lessons from. What Apart from what you've already shared, which is a great insight, what what other things did, has the audio taught you? 
Well, I liked what you had said, how like you you realize that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really important lesson, I think, for everyone that depending on what you're going through, I mean, there's so many different challenges that we go through in life, like mm -hmm. a million things. And I found that even after I recovered from GBS, I had more more things to go through. I've gone through yeah. many different challenges. I've gone through a divorce and I've had to deal with issues at work and, and just stress and anxiety and all that kind of stuff that, that everyday life stuff. And I think I've really learned from my, my experience with GBS is that you're not alone. And so mm -hmm. you, sometimes you got to take control of the situation and you got to reach out and find other people that can help you through it. And whether mm -hmm. that's through, through Facebook groups or support groups. Um, I find social media is, is a great place. Use hashtags to, to find groups of people. Um, and there's just, there's so much inspiration out there. I know social media gets a bad rap that it, it can be very toxic and destructive, but if you look for the good side of it, there's mm -hmm. so many amazing people out there that are sharing their journeys with whatever struggle they've been through. So if you can find them and you can, you can help, they can help you through your journey, then great. It is un, it's unlike anything to walk into a room and connect with people that have all been through the same thing as you, mm. which um, I've done a lot. I, I do a lot of um, GBS conferences I've attended over the years mm. and, and to meet people that have gone through a similar struggle. It's just like a connection that you just, you just instantly have with these people. And so I encourage people, if you're going through whatever it is that you're going through, try to find others that have either, that are either going through it now or, or have, they're out on the other side, right? And they can help you through it. Just to be able to have that connection and realize that you're not alone uh, can be so empowering. Mm. Thank you very much for that. And now, your book, at what stage is it right now? And what's the title? The book is is finished. Um, it's called Life Support, uh, Surviving Guillain-Barre Syndrome. And uh, the book is, is done, finished. We're just working on the, uh, basically the uh, promotion side of things and uh, getting it ready to, for publication. So it will be published uh, likely December, January of this year. And uh, I believe this is the story that you share in the book uh, or, and, and, and something more maybe that we- Yeah, yeah. So it's mostly about my time in the hospital um, just okay. because it was such a long time and, and kind of just the struggles that I went through and the triumphs that I overcame. Um, and then it does also talk a lot about what life was like um, after GBS and what recovery was like once I was home and once I was back to reality and what that looks like. Because um, I do want to point out that once you recover from GBS, you're not 100% back to normal. You deal with residuals, you deal with some pain and, and some fatigue and tiredness. Um, so learning to manage those residuals and learning to uh, live again um, and just kind of how it changed my life, that's that's really what the book is all about. Okay. We'll be looking forward to read it. To read Absolutely. More, more of the details in the book and uh, extra things that you are going to share in there. And uh, for the person listening to you and don't know how he is going to keep up to date to, with, with the ongoings, how do they reach you? How do they connect with you? 
Yeah, so there's actually several different ways. So I have a website, it's hollyaftergbs.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, social media, so kind of your preference. So YouTube channel, that's a great place if you are a GBS survivor and you're wanting to learn more about GBS, um, you can watch, I have several videos out um, explaining kind of what I've gone through uh, that way. Lots of questions that I answer there. Uh, Facebook is where I post more um, like articles about GBS in the news. People don't realize that it's rare, but it's not that rare. And there's actually tons and tons of people that have had GBS, including like NFL players. And uh, there's, a, there's a person that was on The Bachelor that had it as well. So there are there are people that get it. And so that's where I kind of share that information. Some more just awareness. Instagram is my favorite. That's where I hang out the most. Um, so I'm constantly on there just kind of sharing my life, uh, bringing awareness to GBS, um, just talking about updates on my book, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I answer every message that I receive. So I love when people reach out to me, whether that's for um, GBS related stuff or if it's just to reach out to me and, and chat, I'm happy to talk. Wonderful. So once again, to each and every one of you who's listening or watching, the website is www.hollyaftergbs.com. And once you get there, you can always connect to her through all the other social yes. platforms that she's mentioned. So go and connect with Holly. Get to learn more about GBS. Get to have some inspiration. And um, we, uh, we will be glad if you give us some feedback. Right now, we have some feedback coming from Mishka. Milagros, hi, how are you? Mishka says, always, I love your podcast, Anthony, and your guest speakers. Thank you very much, Mishka, and everyone else who is watching, but is shy to give us some feedback. We also appreciate you. And um, uh, remember, you can always get uh, this episode, past episodes, and uh, future episodes at nowtellers.com. That's nowtellers.com and all the other uh, audio platforms, Audible, Spotify, Podmatch, um, name them. Just go to nowtellers.com and you'll get connected to all of them. Follow us, share it with your friends, all the people. Let them be inspired and let them learn something new like GBS from Holly Francis today. Once again, Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Holly. Before we go, would like you to say just a few words, those words that you would like us to always remember. Every oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my favorite, courage does not always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice at day's end saying, I will just try again tomorrow. I use that in everything that I do in my life. So thank you, Anthony. Thank you for having me on your show. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my journey with your listeners. Thank you too. Once again, Holly, this has been your host, Anthony Moirore. And together with Holly Francis, we are saying that's it. And bye for now. Bye. Thank you.